0: And uh, this morning, we continue with the minefield series. And, you know, uh, we reminded the congregation that, uh, especially in Cambodia, there are still active minefields there. And you don't know where you're stepping. And if you happen to step on a mine, guess what? You get blown up. You could lose a limb or you can even die. Now, last week... um, We discussed about choices, and I shared with you one of Satan's most deceptive and powerful ways of defeating us is to get us to believe in a lie. And the biggest lie is that there are no consequences to our own doing. This is a quotation from Pastor Charles Stanley. And we shared uh, from the book of Galatians last week in chapter 6, verse 7, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. And we remind everyone that you are free to choose, but you are not free to choose the consequences of your decisions. Every decision you make has a consequence. It has an effect. And if you make the wrong decisions, there could be dire consequences. If you make the right decision, there are tremendous blessings that go with it. This morning we speak uh, on minefield number three. It is a rare disease. It is only known to the Filipino community. It is called ecusitis. Ecucis. Yeah, yeah, we can't even pronounce it. What is that? What is that even unpronounceable minefield? It is a habitual pattern of making excuses excusitis it is a mental disease or mindset that makes you believe others are always at fault for the bad things that happen to you it is everyone's fault never my fault it is always somebody else's fault. Blaming others for the choices you make and for the consequences of those choices. It is not assuming personal responsibility. It is always somebody else's fault. Do you know of such people? They could be sitting right beside you. Am I getting myself in trouble or what? Come on. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. We always make excuses, right? Right? So let's see. Let's, let's look at this example. I, I know some of you know of the McDonald's coffee story. Do you, rem- do you remember what happened? You don't know? Okay. There's this elderly lady... She orders McDonald's coffee. It spills on her. She spilled the coffee. And because the coffee is hot, she got some burns. So what happened? She sued McDonald's. She sued McDonald's for the coffee that she spilled. On herself and the suit was that the coffee was too hot (laughs) now you laugh this elderly lady was laughing her way to the bank the court awarded her 2.9 million dollars now do not go to McDonald's and try to spill coffee on yourself Hindi na uubrayan. A brother. Oh, na lang kayo talaga? <laughs> Pastor Dan, will you pray for CCFLA? Si <laughs> a brother and sister, a two and a four year old, they're playing. The boy cried. What happened? said the dad. The sister said, he hit his head. Yeah. The dad said, On what? The daughter said, On the bat on the floor. The dad said, Where's, Where was the bat? In my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Who killed Ninoy Aquino? The bullet. There's always somebody else to blame. Now, let's look at top excuses. You might be here, huh? You might be on the list. I don't know. Yeah. Very easy excuse. What happened here? I don't know. I was absent. I have no time. It's traffic. Oh. I forgot. I'm only human. Yeah. Tao lang po. Everybody is doing it. Oh, yun. Sounds familiar. Excuses for not attending worship. Oh, let's bring it down a little closer. (laughs) Aye, there are too many hypocrites in church. You know, they come to church. They pretend that there's this spiritual person. But I know their life. They're just a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, I'm too busy. I work six days a week. Seventh is my rest day. So, I'm I'm not going to attend worship. Oh, worship is boring. I fall asleep. Oh, anyway, there's live stream naman eh. There's live stream. So, I'm not going to attend worship. I'm not going to be with my fellow believers. I'll just stay at home. And may live stream naman eh. And I, of course, I need to rest. How about excuses for disobedience? God wants us to be thankful. Instead of being thankful, you don't even know my situation. You, you, you encourage me to be thankful. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You don't know my situation. How can you tell me to be thankful? You know, God wants you to forgive. As you have been forgiven, as you in Christ Jesus have been forgiven, you must also forgive others. Well, I don't feel like it. You think Jesus Christ felt like going to the cross? To shed his blood for the forgiveness of your sin and mine? Fighting. I don't have enough. Why don't you have enough? You have to pay for the two cars. Your daily, your daily driver and your exotic car. And by the way, you have to pay for your speedboat and your timeshare and your cruise and this and that and this and that. So if I were to ask you, where is God on your totem pole? We give God the leftovers and then we forget to honor God with our first fruit. Why? Hey, by that time, I don't have enough. Premarital sex. What's the common response? Everybody's doing it. What's the big deal? Remember, I shared with you what I heard in Manila that there were these ladies trying to convince this other girl who is their friend, hey, you're still a virgin. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you like us? We are enjoying sex without the benefit of marriage. What about you? And then the lady said, I can be like you anytime I choose to. But you can no longer be like me. And your excuse, what's the big deal? Everybody's doing it. Benjamin Franklin said this He that is good in making excuses is seldom good for anything else. All you do is to make excuses. So, our topic this morning is no excuses. Just assume responsibility. Read this with me. No excuses. Assume responsibility. Let's pray. God, as we look to your word, it's my prayer that we see your word for what it is and how we can accept your word, learn from it, but most importantly, Lord, apply it in our lives. It is humbling, Lord God, to assume responsibility. Because it is easier to blame others. Will you humble us this morning, Lord, and teach us to obey? For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Assume responsibility. It is God's design, it affects others, and it is really for our good. It's God's design. What do you mean? Matthew chapter 7, many of us know this passage. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your eye. We like to examine the lives of other people. Yes or no? Uy. Why is Pastor so and so like that? Why? Then you go, ah, huh? da 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 da. What is the Bible telling us? Before you look at the speck, a speck of dust in your brother's eye, hey, remove the log, trozo, in your own eye. Imagine. We would rather examine the lives of others. Ah, that's why I don't go to church because so and so is there. And then so and so, who leads singing, is there. I don't like his or her voice. They're always out, oh, etc. It's too cold. It's too hot. When was the last time you attended the service? Oh, I'm CEO. You remember CEO? <laughs> ah, Christmas and Easter only. Pastor Danny introduced a new, a new uh, uh, word to us Zimbabwe. Simba, we simba, we simba, we They don't even want to fellowship with us. Why? Ah, dami. Because they come with the microscope. Mm. But they forget that they have their own infirmities and shortcomings. They do not want to assume responsibility for their own lag in their eye, but would rather inspect. Mm, mm. What does God call such a person? Verse 5. You hypocrite. First, take out the lung of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. mo na. Examine yourself. And then you will be able to help others. But don't start pointing fingers. You yourself have a Problem. what does god call you hypocrite when i was younger i used to read this as hypocrite hypocrite, hypocrite. hypocrite. <clears throat> quick to point out the faults of others yet unwilling unwilling to admit their own fault no excuse assume responsibility it is god's design Secondly, it affects others. It affects others. When you begin to put the blame on other people, when you do not wish to assume responsibility for your own actions, when you refuse to accept the consequences of your own actions, it affects others. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and what? Keep it. So this is the creation story. God created Adam. God put Adam in the garden. But God gave Adam certain responsibilities. Do you see that in the passage? God put the man in the garden to what? to cultivate it and to keep it. So he, Adam had the responsibility to tend the garden. He was not just there on vacation. You know when you go on vacation, it's like you're just, right? And then the, the, the waitress or the waiter will bring you your piña colada, cold towel. What do you want for dinner? What do you want for lunch? You're, you're being served. It is very clear that God not only put Adam in the garden, but God gave Adam the responsibility to take care of the garden, to cultivate it, and to tend it. Now, God also gave Adam a warning. There are two trees in the garden. One tree of which you must not eat. So it says, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, from, the tree of the, from any tree of the garden you may eat freely. Any tree. But from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it, what will happen? You will surely die. Any tree in the garden you can eat except that one tree. If you disobey and you eat from that tree, the consequence of that choice, should you choose to disobey God and eat from that tree, the consequence is you will die. Clear? Did God say that you cannot eat from any tree? No. God said you may eat from any tree except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For if you eat from it, you will surely die. Cultivate the garden. Tend the garden. You will see a lot of trees, but there is this one tree that you must not eat. For if you eat from it dying, you will surely die. Jump to chapter 3. By this time, God had already created Eve. Adam now has a suitable helper. Genesis chapter 3. The serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Has God said that you may not eat from any tree in the garden? And if you do not know God's word, you'll be tempted. Hmm. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. Yes? So far, so good. But, from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you shall not eat. You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. Yes or no? Yes or no? Read it. What was Eve's understanding? Very subtle, but Eve didn't get it right. God never said not to touch. God said not to eat. Who's responsible? Who's supposed to take care of the garden? Adam. Husbands, love your wives. Whose responsibility is it to love your wife? The husband. To protect, to provide. Eve's understanding was not correct. Oh, yes, we can eat from any tree. But of the tree that sits in the middle of the garden, we must not eat and we cannot touch. For if we do that, we will surely die. There already begins a disconnect. The serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. Who said you will die? God. If you eat from that tree, God said you will die. What is the devil trying to tell Eve? You're not going to die. It's a direct affront to the word of God. It is an attack on the very character and nature of God. God is a selfish God. God really doesn't mean what He's saying. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, you will, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see? God doesn't like you to be like Him. He is a selfish God. Why can you not eat of that tree? The greatest sin," Oswald Chambers says, "The root of all sin is the suspicion that God is not good, that He is selfish. Why can I not eat from that one tree? Why cannot I have that person? Why cannot I have that car? etc, etc, etc. And the devil will try to convince you, you see, God does not love you. God does not care for you. God is selfish. That's why he doesn't want you to have that. And he convinces us to forget everything else that we have from God. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, And it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took from its fruit and ate. She gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. So what happened? Did they disobey God? Yes. Now let me ask you. How would you know if a certain fruit was good for food Desirable for gaining wisdom and pleasing to the eye. How close would you have to be to that fruit? If this is the tree and I'm here, maybe I can a little bit, right? How about here? Maybe. But the Bible says, the woman saw, delightful to the eyes, desirable for gaining wisdom, good for food, she took. Okay. Huh? Very close. Now let me ask you, God already told you not to eat from this tree. What business do you and I have being in such close proximity to something that God has already told you will lead to death? Parents, when you tell your children, don't touch the oven, it is hot, you will get burned. And then when they get burned, mommy, Mommy! It's your fault. I already told you. So what happened? When they disobeyed God. By the way, she took some, she ate, she gave to her husband who was with her, and he ate. So where was Adam? To whom the command was given? To whom the responsibility was given? Where was he? don't know what he was doing but definitely he was not warning, definitely he was not protecting his wife because the Bible is very clear who was with her and he ate and what happened? the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings, all of a sudden malice had entered into the world. Because sin had entered the world. The sin of disobedience entered the world. All of a sudden, ha! why are we naked? Let's try to cover our shame. And what was their solution? So fig leaves together to cover their loins. A very temporary and useless, if I may use that description, useless way for, for clothes to cover themselves. they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden now they're afraid of God the God who created them why? because they knew that they had done something wrong God searches them out then the Lord God called to the man and said where are you? Adam said, he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was to eat. Counting. What did you do? The man said, the woman whom you gave to me, to be with me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. Who is to blame? Ah. You gave me this woman, and this woman gave me, and I ate. It's not my fault. If you did not give me this woman, this woman did not give me to eat. Therefore, it's your fault. I wish that the Bible would have said, I am to blame God. I am responsible. Because I did not stop her. I was passive. I was doing something else and I did not notice that the devil had already begun to tempt her. I am irresponsible. Please, forgive me. That's very hard to do. The easier thing to do is The woman you gave me, she gave me, and I ate. It's not my fault. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So it's not the fault of the woman now either, because the serpent deceived her. So whose fault is it? What if Eve Eve would have just said, It's my fault. I even tempted my husband. I gave him the fruit and he ate. Or maybe Adam really tried to warn Eve and Eve would have just said, God, I'm sorry. I did not listen to my husband. Who knows? Irresponsibility is not a neutral thing. Somebody, that somebody could be you. Somebody ends up paying for the price of our, in, our irresponsibility. Somebody ends up paying. We have to assume responsibility because it affects others. I have already gone to my family. Most of you know that I used to be in the stock market. Um, I made some money. I lost more than I made. And I called my family to a meeting. I don't know if Sarah remembers. I, I told them. You know, this was, we are going to buy a property already, build a house, et cetera, et cetera. because cetera. But my, because my greed set in, I lost everything. And I'm sorry. I have to assume responsibility because that was solely my decision. I was not humble enough to ask you know, any input from them, do you think? Of course, when you have the money in the bank, hey, you buy a hat, you buy this, but they don't know that I was trying to earn more. And in the process, I lost everything. From being up 11 million, I was down three million. (laughs) Nice, 14 million turned around. So I have to come to my family and just, hey, please forgive me. I made the decision, but they're affected. My irresponsibility affected them. Negatively. When we were in MMRC, Mount Makiling Recreational Center, the International Church Planting Retreat. One of the pastors went up there to share a devotion. Pastor Joey Hieronimo is the head of our internet church. And he was up there, he was uh, explaining how the whole internet, Skype, if you are familiar with the word, you know, discipleship through Skype or FaceTime, how it all started. And he shared his story. And then fast forward to the pastor's meeting. And then he said, uh, Pastor Peter asked, Who wants to champion the internet church? And somebody raised their hand and volunteered. And they volunteered me. <laughs> and that person is here this afternoon. And that person is none other than Pastor in I do not even remember. And then my wife told me, yes, that is true. Remember you were trying to convince Pastor Peter? Pastor Peter, internet, internet, this is the way to go. And Pastor Peter says, no, no, no. And then when Pastor Peter finally got around to, we need the internet church. I, yeah, Pastor Joey. And he felt bad. Initially when I volunteered him, I made him assume the responsibility of the internet church. Initially he felt bad. But then as God began to move through Skyporship, Italy, Pastor Dan, how many? They have already been in Italy, no? They have already three in Italy, in the Middle East. So many being discipled over the internet. Because one guy, I volunteer, Pastor Joey. (laughs) He explained to me that he was looking for me. And he said, uh, I was really looking for him because I wanted to thank you. So I said also, you know, I did not mean to put you in the spot. But, you know, God works in ways we do not really understand. (laughs) When we assume responsibility, we have to assume responsibility because it affects other, other people too. So when Adam and Eve sinned and they were naked and they felt embarrassed, they took fig leaves and covered their nakedness. But irresponsibility is not a neutral thing. Somebody ends up paying for the price of our inner irresponsibility. Even in the Garden of Eden, Look the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them is God a gracious God? yes God knew that they had fallen into sin God knew that they were naked and God provided a more permanent covering for Adam and Eve yes but what had to happen? where would God need to take the skin from? An animal. Now, what is the fault of that animal having to die to give up his, its skin to provide coverings for Adam and Eve? Do you get what I'm trying to say? An innocent animal had to be sacrificed to provide its skin to be able to cover Adam and Eve. somebody ends up paying. Always. And because of what Adam and Eve did, it affects all of us. Whether you believe it or else. Because Romans 5 verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, that's Adam, and death through sin, so death spread to all men. Because? all sin because of the sin of Adam and Eve we are sinners for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death didn't God say if you eat you will surely die no excuses. Just assume responsibility. When you assume responsibility, it's really for your own good. Look at the example here. It's for our good. Look at the example in Matthew 24, the parable of the talents. For it's like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possession to them. Oh, this is a good master, right? He would entrust his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. Each one according to his ability. So God will not give you something that you cannot handle. Because the Bible says he will give you only in accordance to your ability. Alright? Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Aha! Accounting. What did you do with the things I had entrusted to you? Remember, it's not their own. It's the master's. Fast forward to the one. The one who received one. The one who received five, he gained five. The one who gave three, he gained three. Well done. Good and faithful servant, enter the joy of your master. To the one who gave one, the one also had received the one talent, came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. That's, that servant, even if he was entrusted something that belonged to God, did not take good care of it. Because his concept, his view of God, was very bad you are a taskmaster harvesting where you did not plant. so I knew you're going to come back so I hid it yeah but the master answered and said to him you wicked lazy slave you knew that's your understanding you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I are scattered no seed well, then you ought to have put the money in the bank And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. If that is your understanding, you should have done something about it. You did not assume the responsibility. Now, you suffer the consequence. What's the consequence? Therefore, take away the talent from him. Give it to the one who has ten talents. Because the five gained five. This is the faithful servant. Take the one that he has and give it to the one. Who has ten? You see, my friends, we are responsible for what God has entrusted to us and also responsible for what God has not entrusted to us. You understand what I'm saying? What you don't have, you're still responsible for. What you already have, you're also responsible for that. So assume the responsibility. Because if you don't, someone else is going to pay for it. the heart of the master was to bless the slaves. The two who were faithful were blessed. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the joy. Enter the rest of your master. The other one, worthless, lazy. Remove that was entrusted to him and give it to someone else. Someone who is more faithful. This lazy slave, did not assume the responsibility to take good care of the stewardship that was entrusted to him. Like our heart preparation this morning, Esau should have been there because he had the birthright, he was the firstborn, and instead of Esau being there in the genealogy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is there? Jacob. Jacob. Why? He did not assume responsibility for his own birthright He sold it for a bowl of soup I wish there had some meat in that soup diba? Lentil soup eh. Beans Naman Sana may mga karni man lang Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. No excuse, man. Let's just assume responsibility. Can I encourage you this morning? Somebody assumed your responsibility. Let me repeat, somebody assumed your responsibility. In John chapter 1 it reads, the next day he saw Jesus coming to him. John the Baptist is speaking. And John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus Christ. Assumed the responsibility of your sin and my sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that in him that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Sin could not be left unpunished. Jesus Christ, God's only Son, assumed the responsibility of the penalty of our sin. He is that animal in Genesis chapter 3 who was sacrificed, whose blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. The Chinese... Character for righteousness is this. It's a compound word. Obviously, this is from Pastor Peter because obviously I'm not Chinese. Okay? Yi. Did I say it right? Yi. Chinese pala. Lamb over me. The Lamb of God over me the shed blood of Jesus Christ over me, that when God sees me, He sees the perfect unblemished blood of His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. And therefore, because of the blood of Jesus Christ that covers me when God sees me, I am righteous in His sight. Because the Lamb over me is the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who assumed responsibility for my sin. Because I could not pay for the penalty of my sin. Because God demands a death payment. The wages of sin is death. But God's free gift is internal life, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. My friend, you have to assume the responsibility and admit to God yes God I am a sinner and I need salvation and I realize that salvation can only come through your son Jesus Christ have you assumed that realization and that responsibility just to come clean before God Because, my friend, it only takes one sin for you and I to be a sinner. Adam and Eve disobeyed. One time. And that single act of disobedience brought death and separation from God. But God, in His infinite love, mercy, and grace, sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to carry your sin and mine. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, He Himself bore our sins on His body on the tree. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by His wound, wounds, we have been healed. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Only do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Have you come to that point? Have you come to that point and just, okay, God, I assume the responsibility and acknowledge before you that I am a sinner and that I have no way of salvation except from what, for what Jesus Christ has already done for me. I trust in what Jesus Christ has done. Will you save me? Will God save you? Yes. But you have to assume the responsibility. And just like when Jesus assumed the penalty of our sin, there was no proxy. You cannot be a proxy for somebody else. And somebody else cannot be a proxy for you. You have to assume the responsibility. No excuses, God. I am a sinner, guilty as charged. But will you save me? Will you count me to be part of your kingdom? Are you that person this morning? It's not too late. Assume the responsibility and accept Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. And then as we close in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, make it your ambition. Make it your ambition to live a life that is pleasing to Him. Make it your ambition whether at home in the body, or absent, to be pleasing to God. Why? Because verse 10 says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Have you come to that point that you are assuming responsibility for your own sin and have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Not just to be saved, but to commit to live a life that is pleasing to Him. And you know what pleases God? right here. All authority both in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded with you. And then what? Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you want it, to be your life's ambition to please God may I suggest apply Matthew 28 18 to 20 in your individual daily lives disciple your family husbands disciple your wife parents disciple your children siblings disciple one another because if you do that there is an assured promise by Jesus Christ himself. I'm going to partner with you. I'm going to be in the center of that what you do because that's what I want you to do. That's why we have this up there. Ifad and Imad, every family a discipleship group, every member a discipler. So if you're being discipled, you're not yet fulfilling it because you are not yet discipling But you first have to assume the responsibility and come to faith in Jesus Christ, be a believer, and then be disciple to Christ-likeness. That's the process. So where are you this morning? Are you sure that when the time comes, you will be with God? For the rest of eternity? Or are you going to take the risk. And be like that worthless slave. The one that he had was taken from him. And it was given to another who was more faithful. The fastest and most dependable way. To eliminate negative emotions. Is to say, I am responsible. Let's pray. God, as your Holy Spirit moves in our midst this morning... I don't know the spiritual condition of all our members here and even our guests but I know that you do. So Lord, may your word find fertile soil in the hearts of the people who are here this morning. And there be anyone here who has not yet come to that point in assuming responsibility for their sin and accepting Jesus Christ as the only way for the forgiveness of their sin and salvation. Lord, will you speak to that person, whoever he or she may be, and let today be a day of salvation. For those of us, Lord, who already claim to have a personal relationship with you, but are always making excuses why we don't want to grow in our faith, making excuses why we do not want to disciple other people or be discipled. Father, will you also do a surgery in our hearts and wake us up because we never know. And we never know how our decisions may affect the others around us, especially our family members. If you are here this morning and you have not yet come to faith in Jesus Christ, in your own words will you just tell him tell Jesus Christ that you're separated from him because of your sin? And that you acknowledge that only He is the way that your sin can ever be forgiven, and that you're willing to turn away from your sin and live a life of obedience. If you're here and you're still making excuses, just between you and God, just tell him, Lord, I I don't want to play these games anymore. I want to be forthcoming with you. And tell him you, you need his help. He's more than willing to help you. Just ask. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for assuming the responsibility. Thank you for assuming the penalty of our sins. You shed your blood to pay for our sins. You gave up your life so that we could receive eternal life. Far be it from us, Lord God, that we would always make excuses not to obey you. Blame other people for our own faults. Help us, Lord, to be upstanding, God-fearing followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we are not perfect, we will ask for forgiveness. When we make mistakes, we will not blame others. But we will assume responsibility and accept the consequences of our decisions. And Father, may all of us make it our life's goal to live a life pleasing to the King of kings and Lord of lords, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose precious name we pray all of these things and everyone said, Amen. Amen.